Hey, everybody. Uh, it is the 28th week of 62 Who Knew. Seven months we've been on. Hello from beautiful Florida, Newport Ritchie, Florida, here at the studios of WeBeam TV. Our hostess with the mostest is back. She was under the weather last week, but you made a comeback? Yes. You, you look yeah. you're, you're 100%. I'm still getting over a flu I had like three years ago. <laughs> I guess you must be in better shape, or, or maybe you're younger. I don't know. Uh, she is. Anyway, uh, we're just having a great time. It's been seven months. We obviously started out at zero. And we were just trying to figure out earlier, when did you join us? I thought it was like 10, 12 weeks ago. You don't think it was that long? I don't think so. How long ago, John, did Nada join us as our co-hostess? All right. I got a good answer from the back room. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you for that extreme knowledge from the back room. Uh, our, our knowledge base is so far. It's just amazing. Anyway, um, we have a great... Sh <laughs> he just went, don't mess with me. I control your camera. Um, we have a great show tonight. I, I'm prejudiced. I'm biased. I think we always have a great show. But before we get to our great show tonight, uh, I want to uh, thank uh, Mr. Sean DeVoe. Uh, you know, in the last three to four weeks, you know, a few people have said, are you turning 62 Who Knew into a long-term care insurance show? And no, we're not doing that. But the truth of the matter is long-term care insurance is very near and dear to both of our hearts. Yes, it is. Um, my father uh, went through some things. Your dad is currently going through some things. Um, and it's so relevant to everybody. I, I don't care your income bracket, your color, your race. I don't care if you live in Florida, where you live. Um, one of the only downsides of living this long is there are going to be times where we need help. And uh, so, no, we're not turning 62 Who Knew uh, into a long-term care show. But three weeks ago, uh, we had Mr. Mark Goldberg, one of the foremost national uh, experts on long-term care insurance, and we spoke about a plethora of things. It's the third time he was on, and it's always uh, one of our better shows. The week after that, we had Mr. Stephen Sless, and we talked about reverse mortgages, which is very closely tied to long-term care. Last week, of course, we had Mr. Sean DeVoe. It was a great show, and we talked about alternative methods to uh, alternative options, I'm sorry, to long-term care. And tonight we have a, a guest that uh, is going to bring us, uh, although a national long-term care expert for sure, is going to bring us a different aspect of this. Uh, Mr. Frank Morgan, who's been in the industry for many, many years, is, 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 uh, his bio, as most of our guests, is too long and, and, and just too incredible and too deep to read. So I'm going to give you some highlights. Um, but Mr. Morgan has been developing relationships with financial planners, elder law attorneys, and professionals like that. Uh, to, so they are prepared for the contingencies of their clients. Not every financial planner is a long-term care insurance expert or an annuity expert or a life insurance expert or a med sup expert. They are expert at what they do. Not every elder law attorney is an expert at what other experts do. Should you have a will? Should you have a trust? So I'm very excited about uh, today's guest because the topic today is really for you, the viewer. It's a little bit about product, but not much. It's more about how do you choose the right financial planner and the right elder law attorney? And if you already have chosen one, are they asking the right questions? Are you asking the right questions? Are they leading you down the proper path? And then also one of the things I want to talk about with Mr. Morgan is I think there's a, a fallacy or, or something out there uh, that really says if you're not rich, do you, do you need a financial planner or would anybody want to talk to me? I'm not a millionaire. And you know because you have background in financial planning. Mm -hmm. That's not true either. Mr. and Mrs. No. America who work and put away money in their 401k and, and their IRA, they're supposed to have a financial planner. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? So we're going to do that. So without further ado, if we would, let's bring on uh, Mr. Frank Morgan. Um, Mr. Morgan specializes, as I said, in those types of relationships, but he has a very, very straightforward, quite frankly, approach. I've read a lot about you. We've been introduced by mutual friends, but his approach to help clients understand the practical and affordable solutions to what lies ahead is really what separates you, sir, from uh, so many other people in the country. So um, I know it's about 12 degrees below zero there, so I'm glad you're inside and warm. Um, I won't tell you the temperature here today, because uh, that just wouldn't be nice. But welcome to 62 Who Knew. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for having me on your show. It's a pure pleasure to be here. Uh, I hope I, the information I have for you is helpful. 
and we're just going to go over some basic things about when you meet an elder care attorney. You know, two basic questions that you should ask him is how long have you been doing this? Well, before we're going to get into that, I always ask, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's amazing to me how many long-term care professionals like yourself, and I always take a chance by asking this question because I don't know what the answer is going to be, but from Peter Gelbwax and his mom to Mark Goldberg and his mom to Sean and the story that we heard about his mom, uh, which was just gave us the chills last week, um, I'm going to ask you first. What brought you into this retirement planning, long-term care universe? Why, why is somebody that uh, in your age bracket, quite frankly, well, you're not elderly, you're not even close, so involved in helping people plan their retirement years? Is there, a, is there a background or is it, no, Michael, this is just what I ended up doing? Or did no. something personal happen with you as well? No, it happened to me. It was my dad... You know, it was a World War II vet, smoker, drinker, just like all the other World War II vets. <laughs> and he ended up with dementia at age, you know, retired at age 65 and did well, you know, and they gave him a gold handshake and the gold watch and came home and did absolutely nothing, sat in the Barker Lounge and watched baseball, the Red Sox, day mm -hmm. in and day out. And I used to say, you know, get up, move around, you know, cut the grass, do something. He said, ah, leave me alone. I've been here for worked for 50 years and watching the ball game, smoking and drinking. <clears throat> then about age 70, dementia set it. And with dementia, it's slow and gradually gets worse and worse and worse. And we were more worried about my mother than my father because it's the caregiver that takes the beating. And, you know, it, it, it got my brother and sister involved, and it was World War Three between us because it never gets balanced even. You know, there's always right. one person that gets stuck with it. But there was a situation that happened to where I was going to a wedding, and, then, and it was a couple of towns past my parents' house, and I was driving home, and it was midnight. And I said, I'm just going to swing by the house, and it was summertime. So, you know, 70 degrees here in the summertime. So I go by the house, and my dad's out in the front yard raking the grass. I'm like, oh, brother. So I pull in. I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? He goes, I'm just policing the area, sir. I said, police in the area? He thinks he's back in the military. I said, all right. Wow. Well, time to go back to the barracks. The area is all police. So I, I bring him back upstairs. My parents are in separate bedrooms, and we put the bell above the doors every time. He'd wake up, my mom would hear the bell and, you know, watch over and stuff. Well, she was so exhausted, she never heard the bell. I put him back to sleep. I waited about a half an hour until, you know, he went back to bed. And I go in, I wake my mom up, and I say, hey, mom, I found dad outside raking the grass. And she starts crying. I said, no, no, he's fine. Nothing happened to him. I mean, he didn't have shoes on or anything like that, but... It was warm out, and nothing happened to him. So I just put him back in bed, and she starts crying more and more and more. And I said, no, Mom, he's fine. And she says, no, you don't understand. I said, what? She goes, if anything ever happened to him, I would never forgive myself. The stress of going through this with your mother or your father yeah. is just overwhelming. It, it's just mm -hmm. as much as you love him, you know, you can't take care of him 24 hours a day, seven That's days true. a week. You know, it's just impossible. So this is what led you to what you do now? Yeah, so then I started looking into this for myself, and I said, wow, it's a rude awakening that if you don't have a plan in place, and the saddest thing about all these things that we're talking about is that once you need this, you can't get it. You right. have to have this plan in place before before something happens to you, whether you're doing the, the, the estate planning, your financial planning, long-term care planning, this all has to be in place. You know, one thing is guaranteed is our health is going to change. And the saddest thing about, you know, the long-term care protection, once you need that, you know, you, you can't buy fire insurance after the house burns down. Yeah. yeah. So that's so, my own personal story. Well, we appreciate, uh, we appreciate you sharing that. And like I said, it's, uh, this is a topic that just touches every family. I mean, look at us. It does. And it's just everybody. It's just amazing. So um, you, you started, know, and I, go ahead, I'm sorry. There was one other thing, is my dad was sick for the, you know, statistic four years, 
And in the funeral parlor, you know, we're saying goodbye to everybody. And my mom's sitting down on the couch. And all of a sudden, I see her let out a big sigh. And uh, she was relieved that he passed on, believe it or not, because it was just taking a toll on her. Oh, I'm sure when, when Mark Goldberg came on the show the first time, it was before you joined us, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to try and repeat the statistics because I'll goof it up, but I, I, it literally give me, gave me goosebumps to how many times the caretakers predeceased the people that they were caring. So uh, it just gave me, it gave me goosebumps. Well, yeah. I'm sorry that bad stuff happened to get you here, but I know from your background and what I've read about you that you have literally helped thousands and thousands of people, and uh, this is what brought you here. So I appreciate you sharing that. But you started to say that with an elder law attorney, I think, there are two questions. Are 62 who new audience should be asking them? Yeah, definitely. One is, how long have you been doing this? How long have you been an elder care attorney, a state planner? Mm -hmm. You want to try to have at least 10 years, you know, because there's a lot of stuff that can, can goes, goes into this, especially if you got two different families, you know, divorce, remarry, two sets of kids. There's a lot of stuff that needs to go in to make sure that it's done correctly. Mm -hmm. but one is how long you've been doing this and do you specialize in any other type of field? Mm -hmm. And the answer is, is you want him to say no. You want him to right. say, no, I strictly specialize in this field. That's the type of guy that you want to look for. No, that, that makes sense. I don't want an elder law attorney that's also a personal injury attorney. Not, nothing no. against personal injury right. attorneys, but, you know, I don't want a dentist that also, you know, works as, as a butcher in the local supermarket. <laughs> um, you know, I don't want my cardiologist also to clip toenails. Um, well, so that does make sense. They always say if you, if you need a doctor, do you go to a dentist? So if you broke your leg, would you go to a doctor or a dentist? Mm -hmm. you know, if you needed a root canal, would you go to a doctor or a dentist? You mm -hmm. know, so. Go to someone that's special. All right, so that first question was, how long are you doing this? And second was, do you specialize in this? Yeah, we want to make sure this is his total focus, that he's not being dragged in different positions, you know, different directions. You mm -hmm. know, you want him to specialize strictly on the planning. I'm going to ask you a question just because I have, you know, adult children, none of them becoming elder law attorneys. But I know if there was an attorney out there, or if we have attorneys watching us, I am going to ask you a question. I happen to agree with the, the 10 years experience for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. You know, if I were, God forbid, need a heart transplant, you know, do you want that person that's got the best education, that graduated top in their school, that has never done it? Or do you want somebody that's done it for 10 years and done it successfully? But talk to me a little bit about these younger attorneys, because a statistic I read uh, not too long ago is that there are more attorneys, I'm sorry, there are more students in law school than there actually are attorneys in this country. How do you like that? Wow. Um, so when they do come out, and let's say they want to specialize in elder law care, while we're on the subject, what advice with your experience would you say, would you give to that younger elder law attorney? Go find a senior elder law attorney and partner up if this is yeah. your passion? Definitely. I tell him to go to a big firm that has a great name, you know, very well known, mm -hmm. and partner up with three or four different senior attorneys so that he can learn the ropes, you know, and find out exactly what to do. You know, because a lot of times people have multiple properties, you know, yeah. and families, so there's a lot involved. And coming out of law school, even if you come from a great school, in-the-field training, there's nothing better than in-the-field training. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the truth with everything. So, uh, no, you have so, a question? Yeah. yeah how, what kind of documents should they have when they go see their attorneys, you know, um, to be prepared for their meeting? Well, the documents that they want, you know, the, the things that they should have is what they want to look for is the will. But, you know, the different things that how many kids are involved, how many marriages are involved, there's a different families involved here. You know, you have to, you know, put the whole thing on the table for them so they can decide the best, you know, best direction that you should take and put the plan together. There's no but, doubt today's complicated world of, you know, imagine. second and third marriages are my children, your children, our children um, has got to complicate this. Oh, yeah. Now, then you have different properties, you know, 
One came from the grandmother, one came from the aunt, and things like that. And they wanted to go to this side of the family or that side of the family. Mm -hmm. A lot of different things. And then you have to do your own, you know, because there's a lot involved. The healthcare proxy, the durable power of attorney, the will, the trust, all these different things. Let's talk that about a second. A will or a trust. All I ever hear is everybody should have a trust. Does that depend on your net worth? Does that depend on the complexities of your family? You know, again, in my father or grandfather's day, or your grandfather's day, everybody had a will. Rich people had trusts. There's Mr. and Mrs. Joe America that work for a living and are going to leave a home with a lot of equity, maybe some annuities, maybe some life insurance. That's the, pretty much the extent of their estate. Is there a big difference between a will and a trust? Yeah, a will, if you don't have a will, every state has a will that they'll give you. But the problem is, is that they're going to do it any which way they want. It's not going to come out the way that you want it. That's right. It's important to have a will where you want the money to go, how much do you want them to have? Do you want to stretch it out so they don't get it all at once? You know, sometimes the kids get a couple hundred thousand, you know, turns into drug problems and everything else. So sometimes they want to give it to them slowly so that they don't have a problem. And the will can also be contested too, you know, through probate court. Mm -hmm. A trust is the best way to go because it's an extra layer of protection. You know, when you have a trust in place, that's a lot more solid than the will is. Now, you mentioned in passing very quickly, you were mentioning some things on the list. I wrote it down. A durable health care power of attorney. I know I had that for my dad. Is this when the client or when the principal cannot make the decision, so it's up to you? I mean, when, when a doctor actually goes, look, they're not capable, it's up to you? Yeah, it's durable, you know, because it's a health care proxy, okay? So, like, right now, my my wife's mother's got dementia. So, you know, my wife is, is her health care proxy, you know, because she's going to look out for her best interests. But a lot of things could happen. You could have a, a car accident, you know, brain cancer, a lot of different things where you become incapacitated to make a decision. And you need someone there to do that because I don't know if you remember that case in Florida where that young girl was on life support system. What was that? Was Casey? Uh, I remember uh, Lacey. That. Lacey. Yeah, they yep. couldn't get her off yeah. the life support system because mm -hmm. the state wasn't allowing it. That's why it's very important to have these things in, in place before anything happens. But I personally have a trust. And I think the trust is the smarter way to go. It won't get contested in probate court. Your wishes are going to be followed out to the team. Well, and, you, and also, we don't ever get to deal in our mortgage lives, you know, with health care proxies, but certainly financial power of attorneys. And, um, you know, again, especially when we do a reverse mortgage for, for someone that maybe can't quite make that decision. Uh, but I think, again, another thing that's important, you mentioned, you know, with long-term care insurance, when you need it, it's too late to get it. Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize that these powers of attorneys need to be done while mom and dad are still 100 percent, you know, there because we've had a couple of times where, um, in our underwriting in the mortgage world, for a reverse mortgage, our underwriters come back and went, "This power of attorney is dated three days ago, and yet you told me they have, you know, uh, Alzheimer's for the last three months. This isn't valid. They signed it. What?" Well, we didn't have it before then. Well, now you don't have it. And then we had to go back in and get a receivership, appoint somebody. I mean, oh it took gosh. probably eight weeks, but it is important even with these powers of attorney, is it not, to do it while mom and dad are still playing Absolutely. with a full deck. Yeah, yeah, they have to be sound mind. Is got to be a better way to put they that. Have to, they have to know what they're doing. <clears throat> they're going to sign everything over to you. You're, you're a durable power uh, of attorney to where... You want it to be durable, too, because if something happens to them, you can go on just keep paying the bills. You don't want to have a single power of attorney. You want to make sure it's a durable power of attorney with both of you. But, yeah, the bills need to get paid. If you don't pay the taxes and things like that, they start putting liens against the house. And upon your death, before that house exchanges names, exchanges ownership, you know, they're there first to collect the taxes or yeah, anything They else. certainly are. They certainly are. What... um. There's a, a fallacy out there, I still think, you know, that you, you need a financial planner when you're wealthy. Wealthy people have financial planners. You know, that person that 
mom and dad work, and you know, they're certainly not poor. You know, teachers, policemen, professors, um, I mean, the, the list just goes on and on. Realtors, mortgage people, people that do well in life, they're going to have a house with a lot of equity, annuities. No, there's no real pension program. Obviously, teachers and cops have that. Um, but you, you don't really need to be wealthy to have a financial advisor. No, no, absolutely not. But if you have assets, if you own a home especially second homes or anything like that, you definitely want a financial advisor. You want someone that's an expert in that field that's looking out for your best interests. And, and they're there to protect your money and to make it grow. That's their job is, is they want to make sure that, you know, nowadays they're saying that our generation, we're going to live seven years longer than our oldest parents. My mom is 93 now, still driving. Wow. So, yeah. If you're driving around south of Boston, look out. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you're talking to the wrong people here. We're we're in Florida, where we have. We uh, don't have any old drivers yeah, here at we all. Have, <laughs> as you know, we just uh, passed 20 million. So, uh, and I think there are 10 million cars, um, of which, funny enough, nine mil nine million of them are a light blue Mercury Marquis, which is really kind of a. Kind of unbelievable. About 30 miles an hour. Yes, and, and all have their left turn signal on. You actually purchase them <laughs> with the left turn signal on. It's just on all day. Um, you sent me a couple of facts, and one of them uh, kind of drove me crazy. Um, a 55-year-old couple today, if both are in excellent health, faces a 52% probability that at least one of them will live to be 95. Now, this is our specialty here. It's certainly our specialty in our reverse mortgage world when I tell them they have a, about a 50-50 chance to make it to 90. You're saying a 50, I would love to get from you off camera uh, your source of that because that is staggering. That that is. If you make a 55-year-old couple have better than a 50% chance of making it to 95. Yeah. That, that, that's amazing. Yeah, we're living longer. We get better drugs, better hospitals. They're rebuilding us. You go in, you get a heart transplant, you get a lung transplant. You know, people are just living longer and longer. They're taking better care of themselves. They're eating better. They're exercising better. So, you know, longevity has definitely happened. I mean, yeah. Hallmark sold 100,000 100-year-old birthday cards in the last two years worldwide. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. I always forget his name. Wow. What's that guy's name? The Willard Scott. Wow. When I was younger, uh, that's how old Willard is. You know, Willard would say happy birthday every week. You know, to the one Indian in Arizona that was more than a hundred years old, because there was like twelve of them. And now yeah. I've heard there's something like. Well, I know you just gave your statistic. I read something there. There was like a hundred and sixty thousand people in this country at a hundred years old and above. Wow. Our show, what is this show, uh, 28, 15 weeks ago, uh, we brought on uh, a regional director of the Weizmann Institute in Israel. And um, it's show number 13, if you ever have time to go back on YouTube or to any of our uh, viewers. If you miss show 13 uh, with the Weizmann Institute, go watch that show. Because he explained not things that are going to happen in six months or a year or three years, things that are happening right now in the Weizmann Institute in Israel. And uh, one of the things he had said to me off camera, he said, how old are your grandchildren? And I said, well, at that time it was uh, 12, 5, and 1. And uh, he said, well, I'm telling you. I'm not giving you an opinion. I'm giving you a fact. Your 5-year-old and your 1-year-old grandchildren will be playing tennis in the heat of the Florida summer at 100, 110 years old. That's what we're about 10 to 20 years away from. Um, yeah. Cures for Alzheimer's, literally pills that take away the plaque on the mm -hmm. arteries of your heart, which is what causes heart failure. Um, one of these days we're going to have a show on that because I don't know what the hell this planet's going to look like if we start living to be 110 or 120. I mean, that, that comes with a lot of extra stuff. Uh, where are they going to live? Yeah, a lot of people. Just uh, I don't know how we're going to get on Highway 19 and go home later. Oh. Yeah, that, uh, can you imagine driving at 110 years old? Now. Yeah. Um, now. Hopefully we'll have transporters by then. So, I hope we have enough food. Well, that's it. Food, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of, sad, lot of sad people out there. We're going to have to start closing golf courses and building really big subdivisions, you know, because yeah. it's uh, a, lot, a lot of acreage there. So you got the right elder law attorney. You got the right financial planner. 
Um, we're going to talk about long-term care because we always weave back to that in some way, shape, or form. But does, is the financial advisor and the attorney, that's what you need? I mean, we're talking life insurance, annuities. Should it be fixed annuities? Should it be variables? Should it be income annuities? You know, what type of long-term care? Is that the team they need, or are you looking at those two people, the elder law attorney and the financial planner, to now bring in the right team for all of the above? Yeah, it, it, a lot of times a financial planner, you know, he he doesn't, you know, he may some of them may dabble in it a little bit, but a lot of them don't sell the long-term care insurance. But a good financial planner, he's going to tell you to look in to long-term care protection because part of his job is to protect your money. And if you something happens to you and you don't have a plan in place, and you call him up and you said, you know, my wife had a stroke, but we're going to keep her home but home care is gonna cost me $50,000 a year. Can you cash out some of the stocks and bonds and send me a check for 50,000? Well, he's gonna turn around and tell you, well, I'm gonna to have to send you a check for 75,000. Why? Because the stuff that we just cashed out is now taxable income. So you're gonna pay tax on that money, unless it's in a Roth IRA, but mm -hmm. if it's in the traditional, most likely you're gonna pay tax on that money. So it's his job to recommend you to at least look at long-term care protection, whether it's going to be the hybrid product. You know, a lot of people are liking the hybrid products versus long-term care. Because for people that never heard, the hybrid product is a, a, a long-term care. It's a life insurance policy with, with a long-term care rider to where if you never use it, you get all your money back. And this is one way of passing money on to the kids tax-free is that you would get all your money back plus some in a life insurance policy where the beneficiaries would receive that money tax-free. That's a good thing about the hybrid products. And the other good thing about the hybrid products, a lot of the companies, after five years, you hit the lottery, you can self-insure, you can cancel and get 100% of your money back. There's a lot of good benefits, and they're fixed premiums with the hybrid products. Well, you know, I have zero experience in insurance. You have 13 years' experience. I just don't understand when there's a product out there where if you don't use it, you get all your money back. And since it was paid as premium, post-tax, it's tax-deductible, why everybody just doesn't go, well, that's win-win. I mean, why, does, why still do we have this gap of people going, I don't want that? How could you not want it? If you use it, it's a gold mine. If you don't use it, you get your money back tax-free. And some people might have some existing life insurance policies that should be replaced with something much better, and they don't even realize it. It's just exactly. amazing to me. And then you mentioned also self-insuring. I have a few friends. Uh, we won't mention their names. I really won't. Usually when I say that, then I mutter their names into the microphone. I'm not going to mention their names. Um, yeah, I, I can't stand, really, when I hear people, and I know many of these people are, are, are more intelligent than I and probably more successful financially. I think I'm just going to self-insure. Self-insure, to me, I don't even know if those words make sense. Um, self-insure to me means you're going to Vegas. You're gambling. You're gambling whether you're going to get sick or not. That's not self-insuring. That's just saying, look, I've developed a, you know, I've been smart and I've developed some great liquidity and I have some great assets. Therefore, if in fact I need a heart transplant and, and I have to spend a half a million or three quarters of a million or three million, I've got it to spend. To me, that's not self-insuring. That's a gamble. And I'm okay with you want to gamble, but I don't get the self-insuring. Uh, you're not paying premiums and then getting back a hundred times more than you've paid in. You're going to pay it all. Yeah, the, the, that's the perfect product for that gentleman is the hybrid product. Because with the hybrid product, you can do a single pay. You can pay it over five years, pay it over 10 years. Some are stretching it out to where you can pay over it longer. So some people don't have the large sum of money that they can put up front or over the 10 years. And they buy the traditional long-term care insurance. But the hybrid product would be a perfect product for that gentleman because it's also the tax advantage that he'll have is that he can overfund that product and say he never uses it. He just passed all that money on to the kids tax-free. Mm -hmm. you know, it's the best thing for them. There's one company out there nationwide is where they just send you the check. There's no claim forms. Is that you get sick, whatever your monthly benefit is grown for, they send you the check. You can hire your kids. You can hire anybody you want. 
What you don't use, you can put in the bank to save for a later time to pay for your long-term care. So there's a lot of good products that's out there. Awesome. That's amazing. That's really awesome. Nationwide really is on your side. I always thought that was just <laughs> I always thought that was just a cliche, kind of a song kind of thing. Yeah, uh, something. They, they, was, isn't it Tom Brady that walks around, your favorite man? Isn't it yeah. Tom Brady that walks around going, Nationwide is on your side? That's actually his, his, one of his uh, rivals, Peyton Manning. Oh, that's right. Peyton Manning did that commercial. I'm sorry. My bad. Brady just walks around with six rings on his hand. Six Super Bowl rings, baby. Um, well, um, th there's so much more. So I'm going to let you take over for a little while. I know when we talked with Mark, uh, before the weekend, you, you had told me some success stories that, that were just staggering uh, uh, for certain people, and there was also uh, some horror stories that people weren't protected. So I'd like to, if you can, um, give us a couple examples of, of what you've done and how people have been protected. And, and I have to ask also a couple of examples, or at least one example, you know, where you couldn't help because they didn't prepare in advance. Yeah, that's how I got into talking to so many elder care attorneys is a lot of times I'll go out and meet people to where it's too late. Their health has changed. And with these long-term care products, you need to be healthy enough to, to get approved so that you can get a policy. But sometimes, you know, the longer you wait, two things are going to happen. <clears throat> One, the price is going to keep getting higher and higher because it's all based on age. And two, our health is going to get worse as we get older. <laughs> It's just facts of what happens. But That's a fact. There's a couple of situations to where I said, that, you know, I can't help you, but you need to talk to a state planner because you're divorced, you got two sets of kids, you know, you get three pieces of property, and, you know, they want it to go all different directions, so they need to sit down with, with the estate planner. But there's a few situations where I went out and I saw a husband and wife, <laughs> And the wife saying, you know, we need this, we need this. And the husband saying, we don't need this. We're never going to use this. I said, what guarantee do you have that yeah. you're never going to use this? I said, because if you can guarantee that, I would like to play the stock market with you. Yeah, really. You know, so he says, no, we never need it. So I said, all right. So, you know, she was upset with him. And I left. Two years goes by, I get a call from the wife, and she says, we want to buy long-term care insurance. When can you come over and do the paperwork? And the first question I ask, has your health changed at all since the last time I was there? And she says, not me. I'm still healthy. I said, how about your husband? Oh. My husband had a stroke. I said, ah. I said, how bad? She goes, he's in a wheelchair. She says, the kids don't come by anymore. Where's the diapers? I can't lift them. I need the help. You know, can he get the, you know, he cannot get the policy. You know, he's had a stroke, can't get the policy. I said, but it's more important for you to have a policy now because you're the caregiver yeah. for your husband. You're going to take care of him. And then the kids are going to come by as much as they can. But God forbid something happens to you. What are you going to do then? And the good thing about having a policy in place is that when the people come out to the house, they're not going to clean half the house. They're going to clean the whole house. They're going to do all the laundry. You know, they're going to cook the extra hamburger there. Mm -hmm. different, different situations where, where the help is already in place is they pay them a little bit extra on the side to help out with the husband, give him a bath, and help him in the bathroom and things like that. Mm -hmm. So even though he doesn't have a policy, you know, he'll benefit from her policy. Absolutely. The most important thing in all of this is the one thing that you have to understand is all this planning, it's not for you, you know? You're doing this planning for your wife, your husband, the children, the grandchildren, because if you don't have a plan in place, you are going to put them through hell, and it's going to cost a lot of money. Okay, And if you do have a plan in place, everything's going to go nice and smooth. So mm -hmm. it's very, very important. The worst mistake you could do is do absolutely nothing. And if you're 70, 75, 80, you could still put a will into place, health care proxy. As long as you have a sound mind and you know you can get these things done, 
you can get those plans in place so that everything will go nice and smooth for your loved ones. If you are relatively healthy, 65, 68, let's not go 70s and 80s yet, nothing in place but relatively healthy, can, is there still product available for that person? Absolutely. I mean, let's say they have type 2 diabetes, a few pounds overweight, but they've never had a heart attack, never had a stroke, uh, non-smoker. Um, is there still plans that are financially sensible? Because I think there's not a few people. I tend to think there's millions of people, 65 to 70, going, hey, I'm okay, but that ship has sailed. I guess I should have bought it 10 years ago. No, I'm a firm believer. You don't want to be insurance rich and cash poor, but mm -hmm. something is better than nothing. Yeah. So with, with these plans, you could put in a financial, uh, an inflation protection where you make that pool of money grow. You know, you, you pick a monthly benefit at five thousand, but you pick a three percent compound inflation, and you make that pool of money grow over the years to keep up with the cost. But at age 65 and age 70, you know, it got, starts to get a little pricey because the older you are. Yeah. Instead of doing a monthly benefit of 5000 you may be better off taking a monthly benefit of 6500 or 7000 without any inflation protection. Because if someone came in and said, hey, Mike, here's 7000 a month for the next three years to help you pay for your care, it's a life changer. You know, Absolutely. somebody came in and says, tax-free money. Here's 7000 a that's month. Ten, that's like ten grand a month. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, no, there's definitely plans out there. You, to have something in place is well worth it because you got to remember, you're buying it for each other. You mm -hmm. know, you're doing this to protect your wife so that, she, you know, she can't lift me up, you know, yeah. Yeah. in the bathroom, things like that. So your three lines of defense is your first is husband and wife. You do the best you can, but as much as you love each other, you can't take care of them 24 hours a day, no, seven days a week, 365 days a year. I've seen it with my own family. Second line of defense is kids. Kids today. I mean, my daughter's down in Atlanta, Georgia. She won't be back for a month, you know. My, my two boys, you know, girls take care of your boys, don't, just so that you know. Mm -hmm. but, you know, the chances of the boys coming in and taking care of you is pretty slim. So they do the best they can. And then your third line defense is your cash. And ask anybody that's built up a, a financial plan and, and has some assets, and in their will, ask anybody, did you leave any money to the nursing home? And see what they say. Right. Not one person has ever left any money to the nursing home. What a good example. But if you don't have a plan in place, they're going to come in. You know, nursing homes, you know, mm -hmm. down in Florida is a little bit cheaper. Boston, you know, they're 10, 11, 12, 13, oh, yeah. 14,000 a month. Good ones down here are seven, eight grand a month. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah people with policies usually stay home. That's another thing. If you want to stay home, staying at home is a very, very limited option. Unless you have a plan in place, it's very yeah. difficult for you to stay at home. That's, uh, like, that's one of the most frustrating things to me as an outsider in the long-term care insurance world, someone who loves the product but doesn't sell it, it's not my career, is that so many of my friends, when I tout it, go, you know, that, that, that's nursing home coverage. I don't want to go to a And again, what I learned from Mark and Peter Gelbwax and, and people like that is it's anti-nursing home coverage. I mean, I find myself saying to people, you idiot. You know, you, you want to be at home. Uh, because even though you can argue about a lot of things, every medical study, every survey says you live longer at home. No one disagrees with that, but they don't want the protection. Or there's the foolishness that we spoke about uh, with Mark and Sean and, and Bill Comfort. Uh, don't worry, I have Medicare. It takes care of everything. No, it doesn't. No, no you're, you're absolutely right. It's, I think 80% of all the claims that come in for long-term care insurance is for home care and the assisted care facilities. Mm -hmm. The claims for the nursing homes are actually not that much because people stay home, then they go to an assisted care facility. By the time they're going to the nursing home, usually something has happened and the stay is not that long. Mm -hmm. It's because they're able to stay at home. But you're exactly right. Mentally and physically, you're going to do much better at home than you will in a nursing home. Yeah, I mean, I've been in absolutely. hundred of these places. They park them in the hallway and they leave them there all day long. It's just so sad. I've been yeah. in a, I've been in a few of them 
I've been lucky enough that they were really nice, but I was in one or two that after leaving, I just said to myself, my God, I wouldn't, I hate to say this, but I wouldn't put my dog here, you know, let alone yeah. my mom or my dad. Yeah. No, nobody want, I, you hit the nail on the head. It's a nursing home avoidance policy is mm -hmm. what it is. Because you have a plan in place, you're able to stay at home, not drive your spouse or the kids crazy, mm -hmm. and you're not going to put them in the poorhouse either because you're having right. people come in. All the stuff that you do every day, when you get sick, that stuff doesn't stop. It yeah, keeps going. You know, you got to get the house clean, the laundry done, dishes. You got to bathe every day. You got to go shopping. You got to do everything. You got to eat. And God forbid, how about quality of life? Seeing the children, seeing the grandchildren. You know, uh, that, that's why you want to be home. I remember my dad, uh, he'd be in the same clothes for like two or three days. My mom would call. So I said, you got to come over here. Get him in the bathroom, you know, and I'd be shaving him. And, and people with dementia, every once in a while, they come back a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'd be shaving him, and, and he would say, uh, you know, son, this is not the last memory I want you to have of me. I'm like, oh. Aww. Yeah, that's so heartbreaking. Crying, and I'm like, oh, I'm shaving him away. So I got to get over there, bathe him, shave him, yeah. new clothes on. And get out of there and get back to work or whatever. So I was at a client's house one time, and I was telling them the story about uh, my 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 dad shaving him and stuff. And both of them were doctors, and they said that you became a caregiver instead of a son. That's right. So, you know, he just wanted me to come over and sit down and watch the baseball game with him, have a beer. He didn't want me shaving him. And yeah, him I, yeah. I remember yeah. the first time my dad, first time. Um, how do we put it nicely? Had an accident. You know, we lived in a house after he got sicker um, with two master bedrooms. And um, and uh, he was still able. He didn't have Alzheimer's. He had a, a congestive heart failure. That's what, dad, that's what we lost dad from the last year of his life. And he had an accident. And, and uh, you know, this was probably 15 years ago. So, you know, I was 45 to his, uh, you know, to his 80. And, uh, you know, he walked into the living room. He cleaned, he cleaned himself in the bathroom walked into the living room and I took care of the sheets and stuff and um, I walked back out into the living room and we probably watched a, a repeat of NCIS and he had that look on his face like what's the matter? He, like your daddy went this is not the way I'm supposed to go out with my son cleaning the sheets this is just not the way it's supposed to be and um, I said well actually I think it is the way it's supposed to be this is this is it. This is where we are. And uh, I'm supposed to be doing this. Did you ever do it for me? But it's so funny because that generation, he looked at me and went, I can't tell you what he said because he went, F no, I never did it for you. Your mom did that. That was the 1950s. <laughs> Men didn't do that. So I went, damn, I was really going well there. But didn't oh. you do it for me? I said, I don't mind doing it, really and truly. Just like he said, it's mostly the daughters that take care of the parents. Like I, you yeah, know, yeah, like you I'm the one that gives my dad a haircut. I'm the one that shaves him. I'm mm -hmm. the one... I get his crawly little eyebrows, and I clip his eyebrows, and I make him look all spiffy because, you know, I want him to look good. But, man, is it heartbreaking, yeah. you know? It is really, really heartbreaking being that caretaker. Yeah. Um, and it's really tough for my mom, too. Oh, but he to. is in a, a nursing home, and we're trying to get him back out, but it's just, you know, finances is kind of tough. And my mom's hard of hearing, so she really can't care for him That's you know you're there almost every weekend uh, yeah so yeah, i'm exhausted <laughs> <laughs> it is a very hard to do you know we always uh tell sad stories and i'm just gonna have to tell a happy story because this has nothing to do with alzheimer's or anything but my mom went first uh frank uh, of cancer unfortunately she went way too young uh in her early 70s and yeah you know, my dad and her were married 55 years um which is uh almost exactly seven times both my marriages put together. So it gives you a little bit of a, <laughs> of a hint of the different generations. But after mom was gone, um, you know, my, I'm very bad with tools. I mean, I can't build anything. I don't, I, I've never changed the oil on a car. I have no desire to. Um, just terrible. My dad, being the World War II generation, plumbing, electrical, breakdown an engine, blah, 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 right? So... Um, Mom is gone about three weeks. Dad calls me in the mortgage company. He says, can you come over on your way home? It was before he moved in. I go, yeah. He goes, okay, just make sure and do it. I go, you sound annoyed. He goes, I am. I go, okay. 
So I get there a few hours later, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, is there something wrong? He's, you know, he's never had a heart attack yet or anything. Why is he, in, you know, he, he sounded terrible. So we walk in, and he gives me that look. He goes, come with me. And we walk into the laundry room <laughs> off the kitchen. I go, yeah. He goes, I've been out of clothes for like a week, but I didn't want to tell anybody. <laughs> I go, okay. He goes, I put the clothes in the washer like a week ago. Okay, yeah. And he goes, and remember, this is a guy, again, that breaks down engines, that, you know, just does stuff. <laughs> he goes, I'm spinning this effing dial for a week. I can't get the water to come on. So I reach in and I pull out the dial. The water comes on. He goes, just like that. I go, you've never done laundry? He goes, I never have. He said, and he wasn't a chauvinist, but that was the older generation marriage. I go, you're 70-something you're years old? You've never turned on a washing machine? He goes, no. And, and you should have seen the look when I pulled out the thing and he heard the water. <laughs> I go, you've been spinning. I said, you've been wearing the same clothes for a week? I said, mom must be looking down going crazy on you. But that generation is so different than what our generation is really used to. Um, and they, they're, they're obstinate sometimes about taking care of themselves. And uh, I think the younger generation, the people, well, at least my age, the younger generation than, let's say, our fathers, those guys really thought, and to a degree they were correct, uh, that they were indestructible. And, and they really were until older age or Alzheimer's or something got a hold of them. That generation was just a massive, incredibly generation of men that didn't call in sick when they were, had a cold and refused to have a flu and went out and just did what they had to do. So I think when they spoke about in their 40s or 50s, that long-term care event, um, that long-term care event, uh, they didn't want to hear it. We don't need it. Uh, are you seeing a little bit more acceptance, Frank, from today's maybe 45 or 50-year-old to go, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. Maybe we better talk about it. Definitely. The, the biggest thing is that people that are going through this now, they don't want to make the same mistake the second time around. Yeah. So many times I go out and I said, you know, why do you want to look into long-term care protection? Well, I'm going through it with my mother. I'm going through it with my father. It's costing us this much, this mm -hmm. much. My financial planner told me a lot of times I get it. My financial planner told me to look into long-term care insurance. So, yeah, they're a lot more savvy in, in protecting what they have and knowing not to be a burden to each other. Mm -hmm. And one question uh, I asked them, there's a couple of key things that really motivate people to put a plan in place. And, and I'll ask the husband, I said, how do you feel about your daughter giving you a bath and helping you in the bathroom? Oh God. And the male ego comes out, that's not gonna happen. That's not, I said, well, you're gonna put her in a position where she doesn't want to be, you didn't want to put her there, but she's got no choice but to deal with it because you have no plan in place. Wow, that's the, strong. Yeah, the, the other question I, I throw at the people too is that say, I'm going to ask you a question. This is going to tell me whether this is something that you want or not. If you weren't here to take care of your wife, would you want her to have a long-term care plan in place? And, and then I turn to the wife. If you weren't here to take care of your husband, would you want to have a long-term care insurance policy in place? And you got to remember, you're buying them for each other. That's the reason why you're having this. And those two questions right there really tells me if the people really want to have the plan in place or not. I tell you that first question. That's a for any mm -hmm. father. That's unbelievable. It's tough. Yeah. Trust me, it's not good for a daughter either. I've no, been there. I, 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 uh, <laughs> it's got to be rough. You, you didn't want to be there, but you, you were put in a position where you got no choice but to deal with it. That's right. It's tough. It's hard on the whole family. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till they start arguing whose turn it is to go over and help mom. Yeah. You know, the brothers and sisters, you know, World War Three, they start fighting with each other whose turn it is. You know? Getting old just isn't for the weak, I'll tell you that. No, it's not. So we have about uh, about five minutes left, maybe six tops. Uh, what would you like to leave? Uh, John, let me ask you a quick question. Our producer is just within. Uh, do we have a website for Frank to put up? Yeah. Oh, we do? If we could put Frank's website up, I would appreciate that. Uh, yeah, he's got it. There we go. Um, you know, if you have any questions, of course, go right to, uh, to Frank's website. And, of course, if you want, go to the 62 Who Knew website www.62whoknew. Uh, right now, the link for long-term care insurance and financial planning on our website is not live, but you can...
but you can go uh, to the information part of 62 Who Knew if we, uh, if we could. Let's get Frank's website back up there and let it sit just for a little bit longer. And what is the address of that website? Because I'm not seeing it. Frank? They don't have the website. It's www.morganinsurancenow.com. All righty, very cool. Uh, yeah, they got your name up, but the website is, uh, is just a little covered up. Uh, www. Say that one more time for us. Morganinsurancenow.com. Like PMANow.com. Yeah. yeah, let's uh, make sure that that's up there. And, of course, uh, as everyone knows, uh, you are part of Mark's group, which is part Correct. of the LTC Global Family or Global Network. Correct. Am I saying that right? Yeah, LTC Global is the parent company. And then Mark's division is the Financial Planning Services, the FPS. In, in a few minutes, uh, we always run out of time because we're always involved in, in some deep conversations. There's only a few minutes left, but give me, like, about a two-minute dissertation uh, about LTC Global. I know a lot about it. I've spoken at long-term care conventions about the relationship of long-term care and reverse mortgages. They're a massive company. They do a tremendous amount uh, throughout the country. Give us about a minute of, of LTC Global, please. Yeah, the, thing, the good thing about LTC Global, they're all independent agents, so they're not tied to one specific, they represent You froze up there, Frank. I don't know if it's our on end, your end. We lost signal. I think it's him. It's probably a massive ice storm. Maybe. Yeah, because his screen just had a message on it. Did yeah. you see that? But do you still have him in the back? He's fro he's froze, literally. He's frozen, literally. <laughs> literally or figuratively? He he froze up. That's okay. That's because it's negative 12 degrees up there. That's what happens. His computer froze, literally. Well, I hope we get him back because I want to thank him. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to have a few interesting shows in the next month um, with a few minutes left. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Social Security and whether to take it when it's uh, due or whether to defer it. And there's a lot of other things about Social Security that many people don't realize uh, that you can take advantage of. Um, a week from, what is today, 18th? Yes, the 18th. Okay, uh, um, that's not next week. That's the week after. Next week, we're bringing on an international author uh, that read uh, that read <laughs> that read a book that wrote a book, uh, really and truly, that was unbelievable. It made the uh, uh, the international uh, New York Times bestseller list, uh, and it talks about the the psychology. Are we back, Frank? Yes, yeah, sorry oh, about that. Bring Frank back on screen so we can thank him all properly. Mm -hmm. All right, all right. Frank, we can hear you, but we can't see you. All right. I, wa I want to thank you for letting me come on the show. It was a pleasure talking to both of you. Oh, are you kidding me? It was, um, it was our uh, absolute pleasure to have you, and I hope that you will come back um, and see us soon. Definitely. All righty. Uh, thank you so much. And when you froze, we said you froze literally and figuratively because of the temperature <laughs> up there. Uh, we had six inches of snow here last night. So. Oh, my God. Oh gosh. Uh, that does not sound fun at all. That does not sound fun at all. I started to say that next week our guest is going to be uh, uh, Mr. Matthew Jackson, uh, who is an uh, international best-selling author uh, that is really going to uh, talk about the psychology uh, of retiring and having 30 or 35 years of, of going from days of knowing what you're doing from 9 to 5, uh, or at least knowing you have something to do, and um, the emotion that goes into um, yeah. not suddenly knowing. Even if you're happy and you have a great retirement and you've set up your plan, uh, I've read portions of the book. I, I don't want to lie and say I've read it all because I was just introduced to this person. Um, but speaking to him over the phone was incredible. Um, and uh, I want to try and read a lot more of the book uh, before next week. But uh, it's going to be a very interesting show next week. The week after that, we're going to have one of the best uh, national Social Security experts in the country to talk about, again, what we were saying before. You know, do we take it at 62? Do we defer to all you young people out there? I hope we have young viewers. You know, I didn't do the 62 who knew synopsis why we're here earlier in the show, but it's too late. You know why we're here. And if you don't, you're here already, so what's the difference? Um, so uh, we're going to do that. Uh, the week after that, three weeks from now, you may be surprised, but we're bringing on one of the national experts in the country 
to talk about legal shield. Uh, if you would have said that to me a year ago, I would have said, no, I don't do that kind of stuff. You know, it's, a, you know, it, it's this, it's, it's, everybody does it. Um, I have gotten some personal experience with Legal Shield uh, in the last several months. And uh, let me tell you something. This, uh, this is something that America needs to learn about. So we thank you very much. And uh, I think we're coming close to being out of time. We will see you all next week. Thank you so much. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Or maybe we still have time because you can still see us. John, you may be needed in the back. So a man walks into a doctor's office. <laughs> doctor says, what's your problem? The man says, people ignore me. The doctor goes, next. <laughs> <laughs> if we're still on air, I'm taking advantage of this. All right. Man walks into a doctor's office. Doctor says, what's your problem? Guy says, I think I'm a chicken. He goes, you mean you have no courage? You don't stand up for yourself? He goes, no, a chicken. He goes, how old are you? He goes, I'm 46 years old. He goes, how long have you thought you were a chicken? He goes, since I'm five. He goes, you've waited 41 years to talk to a professional about this? Why have you waited so long? The man says, my family needed the eggs. <laughs> John, I have a million of these. Are we still on air? Am I, am I getting famous here? Anything? You missed your calling. And then, are we still on air? No. No, we're done? Just think, well, I, well, no, I want to still be on air. I'm trying for a new career. <laughs> Just in case this 37-year mortgage career doesn't work out. So an 86-year-old lady goes to the doctor, wants to commit suicide. Asks the doctor the exact precise location of her heart. Doctor says it's two inches below her left breast. She went home and shot herself in the hip. <laughs> We're done now? All right. Well, I don't know if any of those went on air, but I will be appearing live.